Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. This is the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. What follows is a service from May 28th, 2023. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, church. So thrilled to have everybody here today. I was inspired um, this uh, past week by one Jesse Myrick and all his hospitality that I wanted to start off today with a few jokes. <laughs> I found some different ones, Joseph. <laughs> and maybe this will start a trend. So, I've got two different ones here. What do you call a well-balanced horse? Stable. This one, this one, I, I think of Lake Porter. Uh, he would get this. I don't know if you guys can. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl going through the bathroom? The bee is silent. Yes! Well done. Well done. All right, so we're going to transition from that into uh, reading some scripture. We're going to we're going to read from John chapter twenty, starting in verse nineteen. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. If you don't mind, bow. Lord God, we thank you for the gifts that are before us. Sometimes we don't even realize that the gift is, is there and is sitting for us to receive. I pray for our hearts, I pray for our spirits, I pray for our minds, that you will still them quietly so that we can see the gifts that are before us. And Lord, that we will freely take. Lord, I also pray, Lord, that upon receiving these gifts, that we will also share and give with those around us. This community here, the community in our lives, our neighbors, our friends, our family, the people that we engage with at work or through our kids, they are all part of our community. And I pray that we will give back to them as you have given to us. Be with us today, lift our voices up, help our hearts, amend those things that are broken. We pray this in your name. Amen. Three fifty-nine.
Our psalm is Psalm 104, 24 through 35. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is a sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There are ships go to and fro to Lebanon, where you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praises to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you um, that you have created all of us and you have created this beautiful earth and creatures great and small as we read in Psalm 104. Um, we thank you that we can worship together, Lord, and today we especially remember um, those who are sick and those who are suffering. We pray for Phyllis, Jean, Leanne, Brett, Pam, Robert, Jane, Aiden, Debbie, and Manuel. Lord, we pray that you would be with them and that you would comfort them this morning. We pray that they would feel the body of Christ loving on them and taking care of them. Um, we also continue to pray for Chuck, Stina, and Stephen. We pray that they would also feel your love and peace and healing at this time. Um, we thank you for today. We pray that you would show us more of your love and more of your grace as we worship together this morning. Amen. Five hundred seventy three. <clears throat> Five seven three. Shall I crucify myself?
your first sermon was a Pentecost sermon. So in one sense of the word, um, I, that was my first sermon. But And I, I was a baby. I was only two weeks old. Um, the expectations for me that day were really low. I just had to be a baby. I think I was good at that. I rocked it. Yeah, it's good. Um, but today, um, this is my first sermon in another sense. It's also about Pentecost. Um, my expectations for myself today are a little bit higher, but I'm going to keep them very simple. JP has established the precedent that you refer to podcasts, so we've got that. Check. Um, that's coming up. Listen for that. Um, but I'm also guided by some advice from Mary Oliver, a poet. She has a short little verse um, called Instructions for Living. And it's just three lines, three imperatives. One, pay attention. Two, be astonished. And three, tell about it. And our text today makes reference to prophesying, and I think those three imperatives um, help me understand what prophesying can be. We must pay attention to what God has revealed to us. We will be astonished. And it will be very hard not to tell others about it. We will tell God how great he is. And in that, we will worship him. And we will tell our neighbors what we have witnessed. We will tell them the good news. And the other thing that I want to keep in mind is that I always want to stay open um, and that I'm always growing. And Madeline Lingle has a statement about that um, that gives me courage um, to think that, to have an incomplete sense of what I believe. She says, I do not think that I will ever reach a stage when I will say, this is what I believe, finished. She says, what I believe is alive and open to growth. So, with those prefaces, let's all pay attention to the text together. Um, it's in your bulletin. Um, if you'd like to stand and read the bold section with me, we can do that now. This morning, we are paying attention to Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all of those speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, 
visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues together. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much fun. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You may be seated. So this is the account of Pentecost that Luke reports in the book of Acts. And as you can tell, this was a special time of year. There was a reason for everyone to be together in the city. This was a time of pilgrimage. People had traveled from all over Jerusalem to come together to participate in a huge and important harvest celebration. It was actually a wheat celebration. Um, there was a barley celebration. That was another time. But they were coming together to celebrate God's goodness and to celebrate the coming harvest. And I, when I think about a harvest celebration, I try to relate to that in my non-agrarian um, experience. And I can think about my own little garden where, and how excited I get when I start to see the little seeds pop up and sort of edge out of the earth. Um, and I get a little greedy and I think about like, how big are the vines going to get? How far are they going to spread? And, um, and it's, it's such a miracle to watch that grow. And it's so satisfying. Um, but that's just a hobby garden. I'm not trying to grow wheat to make bread so that my family doesn't starve. This festival was a big deal. and had a lot of traditions associated with it. And one tradition was for the high priest to bless some loaves of wheat bread. And it was, it was a whole family, a whole city was participating and aware of this. It was transforming the whole space. Um, and while we don't have a wheat festival that we participate in, we have a lot of traditions and holidays that we're familiar with and that we treasure. Um, we have holidays that repeat over and over again, and it's easy for those memories sometimes to run together. Um, and it's hard to differentiate between one year and another. I've heard it said that we don't really remember the details of our routines, but we remember when those routines are disrupted. So you might remember better the details of the day when the bus was late, as opposed to the 100 times that the bus was on time. Or you might remember some of those really weird COVID Christmases 
where we set up tables and garages and got out blankets and tried to stay warm and well ventilated um, to stay safe from the pandemic. Because those were disruptions. Uh, so when, in the book of Acts, when Luke is writing about this day, it was one of those times where routine was expected, but the routine was also disrupted. Peter and the others, and Jesus too, had probably been in Jerusalem for the celebration many times before, but this year, things were different. Jesus wasn't with them anymore, and something really unusual happened. It was astonishing, and that's why Luke writes about it. And so, just to review the core details, there was a gathering house. People were together. There was a big sound, like a rushing wind. And there was a large fire. It was divided into smaller fires that rested on each one of them. And when they began to talk, everyone could understand, even though they spoke different languages. It was so weird and so loud that people were drawn to it. And they were also confused. And they were amazed. And some people made fun. I think there is so much to be astonished by in this story. You can imagine yourself in that room, hearing the noise and maybe feeling the warmth of the fire. You can imagine yourself in that city, realizing that you could suddenly understand and communicate with people who do not speak your language. To go from that cacophony and chaos of a big festival to such clarity and connection. You might also be able to relate and find astonishment in the electricity of such a moment as that. There's a phenomenon that psychologists call collective effervescence. Add that to your list of cool words. Um, and it, it's describing something that happens when people come together for something they've planned, a sporting event, a concert, um, a Christmas celebration, a play, or a time of worship. And so you come together with certain expectations. This is going to be good. This is going to be great. But then something you don't expect happens, and it's thrilling. And, and I think that's kind of what we see in this Pentecost moment. And studies say that this is especially powerful when we're witnessing art together and when we're witnessing worship together. That there's something about that shared experience that deepens our understanding of what we're experiencing. That deepens the witness. And for me, as someone who's paid attention to a lot of literature in my life and work, um, I'm astonished by the literary features of this story. I'm not going to get too technical, but I think Peter is totally with me on this, because he says, if you want to understand what's happening now, you've got to pay attention to what's been written before. You are part of the story you've been reading all along. And so we've got powerful repetition of imagery. God has appeared as fire in the past, and here the fire repeats, but this time with a difference. The difference between the huge ball of fire in the sky 
and the tiny tongues of flame dispersed among each individual person, that difference is profound. God in heaven has, given the, has once given the Israelites a sign of himself. He came to earth as Jesus. Jesus left the earth. He ascended into heaven, but he has returned. And the Holy Spirit has descended upon each one of us and will be with us always. The repetition of those images, the, 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 the connections, the way that that all, of, all resolves in terms of the literary text is just thrilling to me. It's astonishing. It's comforting. I'm a lot more excited by that than going to a big sporting event and experiencing a big crowd. Sometimes I'm a little bit more intimidated by that and I'm more likely to be one of those people to say, what's going on? Are they drunk? Um, but when I have a little space to look at those patterns, I have room to be astonished. And I'm also astonished by this story as myth. And to be clear, I'm not using the word myth in a way that means something is false or misleading. I'm talking about myth as a type of story that has a very particular function in our lives. It gives us hope and it empowers us. It must be extraordinary. It must be larger than life, and larger than life as we know it in our ordinary, everyday experience. And the story of Pentecost functions in that way. Here's our podcast reference. Um, I'm quoting um, Padraig Otuma, a poet and theologian, host of a podcast called Poetry Unbound. And I like how he says it. He's got a great Irish accent, I don't, but he says, myth is not something that is false. Myth is something that is so true that we find fantastical ways to tell it. And this actually helps me to be even more astonished by the story, to be astonished by Luke looking for the right language, the right images to most powerfully describe something so strange and miraculous and true. And so this prompts us to ask, what is so true about this story? I think this story is true. And what is so true about it is that it helps us to imagine what is possible with the Holy Spirit. This image of a whole city of people from all over the world understanding one another is an image of the kingdom of God. It's more radical than what we experience. It's more radical than what we imagine. We do not all speak the same language, but someday we will. And we know from experience that even if we did speak the same language, every single person on this earth spoke the same language, whatever that would be, we would still misunderstand each other. We do not understand each other. But someday we will. Someday it will be perfect, but we don't have to wait for things to be better and closer to perfect because we already have the Holy Spirit. Someday we will have perfect understanding, but that does not make the ordinary conversations and flickers of understanding between us 
any less miraculous. Sometimes it is hard. Seasons of discernment are hard. Sometimes it is easy, like when you make a friend and you feel like that person is an extension of yourself and you don't even have to use words. What a miracle. And so maybe it won't happen all of a sudden before 9 a.m. on a single Sunday morning. But we have our little Pentecost all the time. Every time we try to understand someone who is different from ourselves. When we include rather than exclude. When we speak with the Holy Spirit. But perhaps even more importantly, when we listen with the Holy Spirit. The very good news is that we don't have to wait to experience the kingdom because we have the Holy Spirit now. And this truth should make us more courageous when we are with people we do not yet understand. It should make us more courageous when we know that we have a holy refining fire resting upon us. That fire can burn through every barrier that we have created in this world to separate us from others. So, in the church calendar, today is Pentecost. And after today, we enter a season called Ordinary Time. Ordinary because it's marked with ordinal numbers on the calendar. And traditionally, this is the time of the, the church of the church. Um, it's a time to focus on getting about the business of God, as Kagan said last week getting about mission and service. And I think that's why my grandfather preached about Pentecost um, in 1975. If you did some Googling, you know I'm gonna be 48, and you also know that Pentecost that year was in May and not in June when he would have preached the sermon. But I think he was thinking about that season of summertime, that season of harvest. It's a time of BBSs, gospel meetings, and revivals. And here in Athlon, it's mission week, and camp, and work camp. And for individuals and families, it's a season of travel, of pilgrimages, and adventures. We'll be together some of the time, and we'll also be apart. And so, just a sort of Pentecost blessing, Wherever you go, and whoever you find yourself with, may you feel the Holy Spirit empowering you. May you feel it when you speak to one another and when you listen. I hope the Holy Spirit will help you pay attention and to be astonished and to help you tell about it in ways that make us understand the mystery and the miracle of the kingdom here on earth. King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy Lord crowns round, leaving Calvary.
verses and then the chorus. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? Was it for crimes that I have done? Give to anyone who had need. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It is striking that so often the kingdom is viewed or represented as people coming together around the table, breaking bread together. And that's what we do every time we do this meal. Um, we remember the sacrifice of Jesus, and we eat at a table that is common and shared with people across the globe, people like us, people not like us, people who uh, are in prison, people who are in Russia, people who uh, we would not necessarily just automatically in society think of as, as part of our community, are part of our community. We're all one kingdom. We all share one meal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you um, for the gift of Jesus, for uh, his sacrifice that gives us opportunity to be part of your kingdom. We pray now that you'll bless this bread, his body broken for us, and us as we break it together. Through his name we pray. Father, again, we thank you for Jesus, for his gift, for the blood that he shed that gives us um, freedom from the guilt and the effects of sin. We pray uh, that you'll bless this cup, his blood shed for us, and us as we drink together. Through his name we pray.
number 35. Sometimes here we talk about going to a sacred heart singing this. This is a sacred heart singing. <clears throat> and am I a soldier of the cross? Dear Lord, we are thankful for the spirit that you give to us. 
when we read a passage like this, we, uh, we get a sense that, the, that your kingdom is one of, of limitless possibilities. And we pray that um, throughout this week, we have eyes to see that and ears to hear that. Uh, Lord, uh, help us, uh, as Robbie said, to pay attention and to uh, be astonished and to tell about it. Lord, we'll go out uh, from this building, from this worship, and we'll go out back to our daily lives. And we just pray that we be instruments of your kingdom in our jobs and in our families, uh, in all the places that we go to. Um, Lord, give us those eyes to see and, and ears to hear and, and make us instruments of your kingdom. In Jesus, we pray.
You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.